welcome to the North American Egg Spotlight. I'm Chrissy Wozniak. Joining me today are two people from the company that offers the premier feed storage solution for forage producers and cattle operations. AgBag has developed an ideal, the ideal environment for preserving high quality feed. From the great state of Wisconsin, my favorite place to eat, I'd like to welcome Randy Clark, owner and Taylor Wisensell, national sales and marketing manager of AgBag by RCI. Welcome Randy and Taylor, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So in November of 2019, Randy, your company, RCI Engineering, acquired AgBag from New Holland, CNH Industrial. So can you start out by telling us um, about that and how that happened? Sure. Uh, so actually, the relationship between RCI and AgBag goes back to late 2010. I met Taylor at Weisensel at uh, World Dairy Expo in October 2010. And by the end of the year, we were working, uh, providing engineering services to Miller St. Nazians for the AgBag product line. Uh, at that time, we began development of the MX-1012, a mid-sized self-propelled machine. Uh, we then worked to build up a few prototypes and help get that product line established and into production. And then later on, we did other engineering work for the AgBag product line, continued doing engineering work up to the point where CNH Industrial bought Miller St. Nazians mainly for the sprayer product line, but in that transaction also acquired the ag bag product line. So that was November of 2014. Uh, then for a few years in between there, we had kept up communication, uh, working with uh, Taylor and with others at CNH, trying to understand how we could work together going forward. But in the end, it basically took a few years uh, before AgBag was put up for sale by CNH. We'll let Taylor expand on that here in a little bit. Uh, but we worked for about a year to work through all the details of the transaction, put together a progression plan, uh, build up the business case for bringing the AgBag brand into RCI, keeping all the manufacturing in Wisconsin, moving basically one factory to another, and uh, revamping the entire product line as we've been working at here today. Yeah, I mean, the, the arrangement there um, for when CNH decided to sell AgBag, it was at a point where we thought that um, as a product line, for survival's sake, it was best that CNH would sell us off. Uh, so, I mean, I had my uh, time with the vice president of New Holland, North America, and we had a discussion. I presented uh, my issues, and we, uh, at that point, he agreed that we could move forward. I worked with the mergers and acquisition department at CNH and we went out and presented uh, AgBag to four prospective companies. And when we got all said and done, uh, RCI was the um, best uh, candidate for selling the product line to and moving forward. So awesome. there's where we are today. Yeah, and and Taylor, you're widely known as AgBag Taylor. You, even on Twitter, you've been with AgBag for a lot longer than even the New Holland days. So when did you start working at AgBag? Can you tell me? I started, I started January 1st of 1999. So I'm right there at 22, I'm going on my 23rd year here with AgBag. So I survived um, the first purchase from Miller St. Nazians, bought AgBag out in November of 2004, and then the CNH in November of 2014. And then it happened to be another November 2019 wow. when RCI purchased us. So, wow. So, now moving toward the product a little bit, why do producer cho producers choose bagging over silage bunkers and piles? Um, the biggest reason is, I mean, it's the 
the best storage facility uh, for the for the forages out there. It's an it's a, a oxygen free environment where we get the best fermentation to build the best forage quality. I mean, yes, the silos were there, but they also allowed oxygen to come in, so you actually had feed that would be broken down, or, or we call shrink, and just like the piles and the bunkers, it's they are just one of those product or one of those storage systems that allows you know that you're not getting 100% of the feed that you put in get that you're taking out for your your livestock. Right. And why is oxygen so bad for forage? So oxygen is a, a key part when fermentation takes place. And the more oxygen that you have around any kind of forage when it ferments usually results in more of the energy of the plant being consumed during the fermentation ending up with a less valuable end product. So if we can have anaerobic fermentation, so fermentation without the presence of oxygen, we end up with a lower lactic acid, a lower pH quicker, cooler temps, and we will end up with a better finished product, a better fermented feed for the cattle. Great, but what happens if the bag gets damaged? Well, we have to fix it. I mean, be it that we use a bag tape or the biggest thing is we want to get it sealed up as soon as we can. I mean, or if it's a catastrophe, we just ended up rebagging it and sticking it in another new bag right away. If mm-hmm. something like that would happen, let's say, you know, amount of hail damage or tornadoes or whatever that, you know, just rip the bag apart, we will rebag it immediately. And keep in mind too, that bags are the ultimate storage solution when it comes to oxygen prevention from entering the material. You know, you talk about damage to a bag, but even at that, a bag is still sealed better than an upright silo. It's better than any drive over pile in any environment, better than any bunkers with sidewalls, even with plastic on the sidewalls. You can't beat the environment that the bag produces. So we have, you know, solutions in place in our system that you can have tape available and there's other ways to seal a bag. Uh, The critical thing is just to keep the moisture out, keep the oxygen out as best that you can, as quick as you can, but it's easily repaired as opposed to, say, climbing over a pile with tires and plastic up 40 feet in the air and having to move tires to to fix areas impacted by hail or replace a roof on a silo after a storm. Or if you have leaks in your sidewalls of the silo, there's really no way to repair that while it's full of feed. You need to reseal the silo after it's empty. So we've got some of the the most versatile solutions out there and still provide the best oxygen-free environment for the silage. Yeah, that's awesome. And aside from the traditional types of forage that you store, what are some other crops that have used your system? Well, we pretty much stuck everything in a bag. I mean, we've done everything from orange peels to sawdust to chopped straw to, um, uh, what do you call it, a distiller's grains. Hemp. Hemp. We've done it all. So, and uh, what size what size tunnels do you offer? Offer is there only one size? No, uh, we have a multiple. Um, we've traditionally we've always had the eight foot tunnel, nine foot, ten foot, twelve foot, uh, fourteen is in our large self propelled machines, and now we are coming back and introducing a six foot uh, tunnel for the smaller operators now. Nice. And how many tons per hour can you typically handle? And well, we're able, I mean, capacity, depending on the machine, um, our goal is always to try to keep up to the self-propelled choppers. Um, but the limiting factor is how good a guy can back a truck in or drive a wagon. So, but I mean, we can do a hundred ton an hour, no problem. Wow. 
And most of your models are, oh, sorry, go ahead, Randy. I was just going to add to that. And even on the self-propelled models, we typically count how many self-propelled forage harvesters we can keep up with. Mm. In our self-propelled model, we can keep up with at least two self-propelled forage harvesters. In some cases, depending on haul distance and everything else, even three units we've seen. Uh, the pull-type baggers, it's all dependent on operators. I mean, typically a 20-ton wagon will empty in just a couple of minutes. Uh, so for those operators, a lot of times we see that the forage box that they're using is a limitation. Uh, so we can keep up with even a self-propelled in front of a side unload wagon and the side delivery ag bagger. Uh, so there's a lot of different variables that play into it, but we really pride ourselves in being the, the highest throughput machine available for each size in the industry, uh, doing the best job that we can with what we have to work with. Well, that's great. And most of the models are pull, be- pull behind. How easy is it to set up to bag and then get it ready again for the road when you're done? I mean, really, the basic setup of a you, you pull into a, a farm operation with one of our pull type side conveyor machines, you'll be able to get yourself set up within 15 minutes, 20 minutes, uh, getting the bag hung on the machine and getting the machine um, out of transport position and in the bagging position. You know, time is if you got more helpers, it makes it a lot quicker, but an individual person is able to do it and get things done. And that's been a big focus of ours with these new models going into production. Um, The transportability has been a big part of our story to make it easier to use as a rental unit with the new models that we've come out with the T-Series to make it quicker, safer, and easier for the operator to switch over from pulling behind a pickup to unloading a wagon into it. Nice. And you offer the uh, self-propelled model as well, you said, right? Yes. I mean, and that one is, you know, pulling it into the, uh, the feed lot. And, um, you know, just really within 15 minutes, have the bag hung on the machine and you're able to start bagging. So, I mean, that's a really quick uh, operation there. That's great. And you released a new machine this year. So what's new with this model? I'll let Randy go. Sure. Um, Like I said, we talked about the transportability with the new T-Series. So we have the T7170 and also the T7060, the pull type uh, side conveyor ag bag machines. Uh, We focused on three areas, the transportability, also the serviceability, and then finally the uh, throughput of the machine and the operation of the the machine. Trying to make it the most easiest machine to handle any of your crop conditions, to be able to handle the throughput needed by today's machinery, and be able to be the easiest for an operator to learn how to use and to make the best quality bag. Uh, So a lot of the work initially started on transportability with pulling it the opposite direction so you can back it right into the point of use up against another bag. Uh, We focused on the ease of raising it with integrated hydraulic lift for the machine. Um, When it comes to the serviceability side, we really simplified the controls, which we'll show you in a bit. Uh, We simplified the operator station, so the operator area of the machine Uh, The user can basically do all the maintenance on the machine while it's being operated, control the braking, control all the functions of the machine, and keep an eye on things as the the bagging process occurs. And then for throughput, we introduced a wider conveyor, about a 12-inch wider in-feed conveyor. Uh, We have the revolutionary rotor with spiral patterns of tines uh, for more throughput, basically smaller bites, but more continuous feeding and more of them with three rows of tines as opposed to two in the past, coupled with a forage distributor in front of it to help spread the load of the forage out over more of the rotor to get better distribution and better pack into the bag. 
Once it's through the rotor, we also introduced a sweeping tunnel cleanout available on the T7170. That's to make it easier to finish one bag and start the next by simply pressing a lever to push everything into the bag, as opposed to pitching it out in years past with other machines and even other brands of machines. And then a longer tunnel to allow us to get more density built up by sheet metal before the material gets back to the bag behind the machine. Uh, so in the end, we're trying to get more feed in the bag in less time, doing a better job, higher density, better quality feed. And in the end, that leads us to better storage, leading to better forage. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you have a wide distribution network throughout North America, but you also sell overseas, right? Yes, we have. Uh, I mean, besides, you know, we yeah, North America, we've just got done. We've uh, sold uh, one of our self-propelled machines over to South Africa to one of the largest beef operations in the world. Um, you know, we've sold into uh, Japan before. So, yeah, we get out and we're just trying to build. We'll try to build that market even farther now with our new models. Mm-hmm. And you sell plastic and inoculants through your dealers as well. Um, why should producers uh, choose your brand? Well, the biggest reason that you want to true is get purchase the actual genuine egg bag. Uh, we actually manufacture it and distribute it all throughout North America here. Compared to our competing plastics, they you know they're not they're from foreign countries. So if you're really in the U.S., it's better to buy a you know a, a U.S. made product. But we do have the best plastic. I mean, it has the best dart tests, uh, puncture resistance, flexibility, tensile strength. Um, warranty claims that our plastic are just minimal out of all the millions of pounds of plastic that we do sell. Wow, that's great. And then, so what about the supply chain over the last um, couple of years? How has it affected your business? (laughs) It's a good question. Not a very simple answer because it's a very complex situation. Um, We've learned to adapt. The idea of just-in-time manufacturing has kind of gone out the window. Uh, we've reacted by stocking up on spare parts, building up our spare parts business. Uh, when we acquired AgBag, we did a lot of work to improve the spare parts side of the business, to offer parts that were discontinued for older machines, to revamp our stocking levels, uh, to bring in pr- more critical components. And I'd say it was good timing because with the challenges this year, especially you know, starting since about the beginning of the year, we had just built up the business. And then we recognized what was happening and increased those stocking levels. So I'd say we've fared pretty well. It's always a challenge going forward. And every day is a a new battle, so to speak, with any one component. Uh, Going into production, it's led to some challenges along the way. But uh, we just keep working through it, working with our suppliers and looking at the big picture, not just worried about what we're doing, you know, today and tomorrow, but looking at the next six months. And, you know, we're already planning out to 2023 and we're about to start planning into 2024 to ensure that we keep our supply chain in in progress and moving so that we can continue to produce machines, support customers, and provide that best-in-class business service that we, we think that our customers expect from us. That's awesome. That's pretty smart, I would say, right now. <laughs> and we've all had a crazy couple of years. What do you think producers should be paying attention to as we approach the new year or as we're into the new year? I mean, for, for producers, the biggest thing is they have to be looking at their costs and the return on their investments. You know, like with us, we know in the, in the dairy industry, the feed is their highest expenditure on the farm. And for us, if you're sticking so many tons of feed in a bag, you know you're going to get that feed back out. And compared to our, I will call it our competitions, like the pile of feed, 
where they're having shrinks of 10, 15, 20%, well, at $50 a ton, that's a lot of money that the farmers are just wasting and not getting a return on their investment because they don't have it. It disappears in the shrink factor. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's the key in the, you know, in the production is they've got to look at their costs and labor costs. I mean, a lot of the operators out there, they don't even know what their cost is to cover a pile of feed and throw the tires on it to try to keep it, you know, they're trying to make it oxygen free, but they can't. So um, I think that's the key is that they really should understand their numbers more. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. And where can people find you if they want more information? So we can be reached basically by number one, going to our website, agbag.com. You can find a dealer locator on the website. So you can find your local agbag dealer. We continue to grow our dealer network as well, adding uh, dealers in areas where we have not had good exposure before. You can also find us at various farm shows throughout the country, mainly in dairy and beef country, uh, namely the National Farm Machinery Show, World Ag Expo in California, um, the U.S. Custom Harvesters Convention, uh, World Dairy Expo, Farm Technology Days in Wisconsin, Ag Progress Days, and many more listed on our website. Uh, also, feel free to give us a call here at the factory anytime. The number here is 800-334-7432. Wonderful. And we're actually headed out to World Ag Expo next month. Um, we're partnering, partnering on a cool promotion, North American Ag and Ag Bag. So to all of our listeners, if you're planning on coming out to Tulare this year, be sure to stop by and say hi. Um, we'll be doing raffles throughout the show, and we have some pretty awesome prizes lined up too. Yeah, so I, I heard you also recently won an award. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. We just found out we won a 2022 AE50 award for the T-Series Ag Bagger design. Um, we're pretty excited about it here. We put a lot of work into it to really listen to what customers were saying, understanding what they were needing, not even the things they were saying, but what they needed, and implement those improvements to the machine. And uh, we're being recognized in February in Louisville for that achievement, but it's a, a pretty big day for us. That's really cool. So my last question for each of you is, why do you work in this industry and what keeps you here doing what you do? Randy, you, you can start. So it's a tough question to answer, but I guess the simplest way I can say is I grew up in the dairy industry, grew up on a dairy farm near here, uh, loved the equipment, did not care for milking the cows, but absolutely loved the equipment. Uh, over my career, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people in the industry and uh, really enjoy being the part of the support network of the producers of our food in this country and uh, really enjoy working with the equipment. As simple as that. Yeah, and for me, the biggest thing is it's the people. I mean, working with the farmers, people in the agriculture industry is there are, you know, we're a smaller group of people in the in the in the world, but we all work together for really a common goal over here out to feed the world. And um, they're just great people to work with. I mean, compared to other industries, I don't think we have the problems like some of the other industries have to deal with. I think we're just people to people business, you know. That's it. And don't forget the farm show carnies. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, sure. and you're, you guys are going to take me for a tour of the factory as well. I thought we'd just take the DGI and take it out in yeah. the shop and just do a walk around and, you know, kind of explain things around the machine. So we don't have our new paint system in yet. That'll go basically where I'm standing right now, but.
We'll walk over here to one of the, the big rotors that we've got welded up for self-propelled right now. We're kind of switching between products right now, getting things ramped up for this next year. Doing some other welding over here. Yeah, no, that's old ones. those are old ones. So it's got a lot of spare parts in the shop right now that we're working through, building up stock for next year, basically. Um, we're doing our annual maintenance on machines and everything down here, so. Come down here, it's this machine. All right, to start out with the new uh, 7060, the biggest feature is the new wider conveyor. Um, that's a foot wider than what we traditionally had before. Also, with our new um, bag cradle, it's collapsible, which will be easier to put the bags actually on the machine. We also use the bag cradle as we um, work around the use it to move our tunnel extensions around with our bag So um, with that, as you come around with it, you'll be able to see we have redone our backstops so they're stronger and have more uh, options of lifting it around and moving around. We have our bucket uh, brackets here. We have pallet forms, um, uh, slots. We also have a slot here where we can actually use the bag cradle to lift the backstop around. Um, as you come around, you'll see that we have a brand new bolt-on um, stripper bar plate along with the new rotor that you can see that says we double the number of teeth on the rotor for a, a faster um, uh, bagging process. The other um, newest feature of this bottle would be uh, on the front of the machine where we've actually integrated Our toolbox and accessibility to our bearings. We've uh, made our uh, hydraulic tank external so we have a better cooling, a higher volume that we have to pass. We have access. So we have. Uh, we have our hydraulic pumps instead of being inside the tank is external now. Our drive line to run the pump. As we move along. Let's see when we talked about our new operator station to be able to run the conveyor from here. They're uh, uh, lifting the conveyor up and down and running the conveyor up and down and run the conveyor on and up. The uh, table drums. And the rewind. And you'll be able to use it for a rewind for the cable drum to take lever. You'll also notice we have access. You can see that we're using our Comer gearbox uh, with our jack shaft over to our drive line with a double 120 chain. And use an access point point to be able to do As we discussed earlier, we put in free spank here so that you're able to do all your greasing from the one location. So ah. Those are really the main features of the new model. Um, along with inside, 
you'll be able to see our forage distributor along with the revolutionary rotor. That's awesome. And to any of the people listening on podcast, if you go to YouTube or Rumble, you can watch the video of the walk around as well. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks to all who are watching or listening. If you want more information, all the links are provided in the show notes below. Don't forget to subscribe to North American Egg Spotlight Spotlight on YouTube, Rumble channels, and the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to today's Egg Spotlight episode, where we put the spotlight on people and companies doing great things for the agricultural industry. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star review. You can also follow us on YouTube and Rumble to see the video version of Ag Spotlight. Also, head on over to NorthAmericanAg.com to subscribe to our Industry Connect update newsletter. If you're interested in advertising opportunities, email us at connect at NorthAmericanAg.com. Thanks for listening. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit Fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to NorthAmericanAg.com slash Fastline hyphen webinar. That's NorthAmericanAg.com slash Fastline hyphen webinar to register now.